Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, greetings, Grapple fans. It's uh, time for episode 96, would you believe it, episode 96 of the Pro Wrestling Index uh, podcast right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. Ah, My word, I I can barely get my words out. Um, I've been watching that much wrestling. No, I haven't. (laughs) And, um, well, we've, we've got a bit to talk about this week because this past weekend it was, in fact, Backlash. And I'd forgotten I'd even watched the show. That's how good it was. But uh, there's still some good bits to talk about. And with me tonight is none other than my audio tag team partner, Mr. Mo Chatra. How are you doing, Mo? It's been a little while since we've uh, done this, just me and you. Yeah, it has. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I'm, I'm doing really, really good. Um, looking forward to uh, a few weeks of... Um Detoxing. I've uh, got Ramadan coming up, so uh, I won't be uh, appearing on here for a few weeks. But uh, looking forward to uh, that and uh, starving myself to death almost for uh, 20 hours a day for about a month. But uh, no, sucker for punishment, me. So looking forward to that. How about yourself, Andy? Uh, well, I, I I can't claim to have anywhere near that kind of discipline. Um, so I'll just be working, <laughs> loafing around and watching TV and out there with the kids playing football and watching football and all those kind of uh, just humdrum day-to-day things. And, of course, watching WWE uh, and trying to catch up on NXT because I've not watched that for a while. But um, as, as I said at the, at the start there, Mo, um, I watched Backlash at the beginning of the week, and I almost forgot that I'd even watched the show. That's how much it gripped me. Um, what about yourself overall? Did um, how did you find it as a show in general? Um, thought it was one of the, if not the worst pay per views from WWE in years. Um, superb opening match on the main show, and then it just fell off a cliff from there. Um, really, so. Little um, to say um, positively about the show. It was just really, really disappointing. Um, I had high hopes for it when Guy and I previewed, previewed it last week. Uh, we thought there were actually several matches on the show which could be uh, you know, really, really good. But uh, other than the opener, everything else was below par. And in some cases extremely well below par so uh, not a great night for the WWE that's for sure no it's certainly not a classic it's not one of those when we uh, we talk about our favourite shows of the year and great moments Um, this one's unlikely to make it it might make the other list Um, let's see I mean there's still time for them and the way that they uh, are creatively booking some of these matches and some of these storylines who knows there might be uh, there might yet be more to to outdo it in terms of the the negativity. But, I mean, let's talk about the the most positive thing at the start. You mentioned it, uh, and I certainly agree with you. It's a great start to it. The uh, Seth Rollins versus The Miz Intercontinental Championship match 
great way to kick the show off. Really, really good match. Uh, Seth Rollins is, you know, no pun intended here, but he is absolutely on fire at the moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, he has been arguably the best in the performance of the WWE. In terms of um, the main brands Raw and SmackDown um, in 2018, uh, last two, three weeks, he's really been in exceptional form. Um, had this fantastic match with the Miz here. Had a great, great match against uh, Finn Balor on Raw. Um, looked really good at WrestleMania as well. So he has been tearing it up. And, uh, you know, about time as well. I mean, you know, think back to uh, when he was the... Um, uh, WWE champion he was just about looking like the best work on the planet in fact he was that good and uh, obviously with injuries and then um, losing momentum with heel turn and um, sorry the, the face turn and that not quite working out for him and you know, various other things um, you know he lost a lot of momentum but last several months he's really been turning things around and uh no, think back just a couple of weeks to Raw in Montreal. The reception he got was unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, he's really kind of um, picking things up. And, uh, you know, I've got really high hopes that, uh, you know, he, he gets back into um, the title reckoning for the Universal Championship because, uh, you know, there's only so many times that they can go with Brock and Reigns and um, they need to go some different directions and, Brock versus Seth, um, they've sort of been there before, and I think you know now's the time that they can go back there again. Yeah, I, I, I certainly agree. It's echo that, and you know when he when he came back from the well before the injury, he, he was yeah arguably the, the best in the company. The, the injury obviously derailed, and then he came back, and it, it was that whole thing with the character, wasn't it? He, it the his return naturally brought him a a babyface reaction, but they insisted with having him back as as the heel, which I think didn't really help. And then to turn him babyface, it, it just the whole thing didn't quite work. But it seems like it's it's almost like it's organically taken shape. I, I think the, the reunification of the Shield was almost what really sort of got him back on track. Uh, and ever since then, he. I mean, obviously, the, the Dean Ambrose injury, there was that little bit there with Jason Jordan, which was a bit of a, a bump in the road, but he, he's really sort of organically found his way into this into this babyface role, and the crowd are, are really getting behind him. And and I think as much as anything, it's it's almost reminding me of um, back to sort of mid-90s, Shawn Michaels, the way that he's performing in the ring, uh, and that Shawn Michaels almost organically became a babyface just because of the... Of how good he was in the ring, that the, the crowd, the crowd loved him, and it's for me there's there's definite um, there's a definite sort of hint of that about him. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a very um, good comparison, and uh, you know it certainly feels like um, you know the whole gimmick, the character, it doesn't feel as forced and contrived as it did. Um, you know, when he first went babyface and, um, you know, I think that's why he's getting much better reaction now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good to see because he's a really talented performer and, um, you know, he, he can be a real asset for the WWE. So I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that, um, things are starting to look up for him. And I just hope that the WWE doesn't ruin this by, um, booking him in a feud with some, Waste of time like a Bray Wyatt. Uh, so yeah, that, yeah that's it. This, I th- sorry, but th- I think that is the next thing. Now is it's the next. What's what's next for this? Because it was natural that they had to kind of close the the chapter on with the Miz associated with the Intercontinental Title due a rematch, and obviously he's moved across to SmackDown. So it was closing off that book naturally. You think the the, the next thing then is this continuation with. Finn Balor and, and allowing this to kind of evolve. Uh, I've I've got to say I I've got a feeling that this is going to move towards the point where we see the demon Finn Balor back and and potentially even um, 
the the title changing hands and then maybe allowing uh, Seth Rollins to move on to the Universal uh, title picture. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. I mean, um, you know, with, with Finn, it's quite an interesting one. Um, clearly, they're booking it in such a way that um, you know there's a friendly rivalry there. But uh, you know, if they want to go in a slightly different direction, then you know they might just decide to go fully bone heel with Finn. And um, you know, there's there's certainly scope to go in that direction. Um, but you know, perhaps one or two more uh, close losses to to Rollins could kind of tip him over the edge, and we could see that character come out. But we could also see um, a heel turn to go with it potentially as well. Um, and that, that's something that they might look to do um, in the build-up to in the lead-up to, uh, to SummerSlam with a big uh, contest there. But uh, you know, that kind of feud and the matches that that would produce. Uh, would certainly be far better for Seth um, and even Finn um, than booking him in meaningless matches and feuds with um, guys that will drag him down. You know, they will elevate each other um, because of how good they are, and uh, you know we need to see more of that in this company. Yeah, we we absolutely do it, and it's great to see the uh, the Intercontinental Title showcased in this fashion, uh, and not just showcased by a name, but also. Um, the work that's put on in the ring with it because that takes me back to I used to love Intercontinental title matches because the Intercontinental Championship was the workers title uh, and my, and I, I, I grew up watching the likes of Bret Hart, Mr. Perfect uh, Shawn Michaels uh, and and more besides uh, and it was they, they were often some of the best matches on the card so it's great to see the Intercontinental title uh, showcased in this manner um, next up was the the Raw Women's Championship. <sighs> I'm thinking, trying to think of the words to to uh, describe this, um, and I'm struggling other than crap. Um, to be quite honest, it, this was just not good at all, was it? Uh, no, no, it wasn't. I mean, no, Nia Jax isn't one of the better workers in the female division, and. Uh, you know, if she has the right opponent um, and the agents, you know, lay out a good match, then you know she can um, get her way through a decent contest. But uh, you know, this wasn't one of those. This really was um, a disappointing match. Had no real heat. Um, and most disappointingly, I thought made Alexa look bad as well, um, which is something you don't want to do with somebody that has gotten over so well over the last 12 months um, to put all of that hard work in to get a character over in that way and then to see that damage to an extent with, with the performance in there like this you know that, that's something you just don't want to see um, and it's not necessarily Nia's fault um, you know, with, with Nia they, they, uh, there's a bigger picture with her obviously WWE is trying to present itself as Something that is, um, very attuned to, um, having, you know, it's corporate social responsibility and the whole anti-bullying message. And, and that's all well and good. But, uh, you know, that is at the same time coming at the expense of arguably its highest female performer in the company, Alexa Bliss. Mm. Um, so, you know, the, the message is being, you know, presented well and, uh, a bit contrived, I think, was, yeah, was I mean, one of the accusations, and especially with the promo afterwards. Uh, I mean, in itself, you know, to see someone so physically dominating, and that is the way that she's been portrayed, hasn't she, Nia Jax, predominantly so physically dominating, to suddenly that she is the sympathetic uh, baby face, it, it, it just feels a bit odd. And, and then, yeah, the promo afterwards... I mean, it's just been it's been described as as so utterly contrived that it's almost been counterproductive. Well, yeah, I mean, if they're not careful, then um, it will have the opposite effect, and you know, people start booing Naya, which is what they certainly don't want. But you know, um, you know, and I could go into the absolutely blatant hypocrisy of um, WWE of all people. Um, yep, Vince McMahon of all people. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a company that is notorious for bullying employees. Absolutely notorious. And still goes on to this day. Um, not nowhere as bad as it used to be, but uh, it, it still exists. And, uh, you know, for them to be portraying this kind of stuff, it just uh, makes me laugh. Um, but for other people, it probably evokes a different reaction. But, no, it, it's the kind of stuff that, has been done, but I think they're overdoing it now. And if they're not careful, it really kind of work against them and Nia Jax. Um, and, and as a storyline, you know, I, th- I think it has started to cause damage to Alexa. Um, so they need to um, think very carefully about where they're going with all of this, um, because you know, if they go a bit too far, then everyone will suffer, uh, and that, that's not how you should book pro, uh, pro wrestling. Absolutely not. Um, after that, we had 12 minutes of my life that I'll never get back. That was Jeff Hardy defeating Randy Orton in the United States Championship match. Um, I must admit, I've never been the biggest Jeff Hardy fan. <laughs> and he, I mean, he used to get gassed in his prime. Um, he's past his prime now and he was pretty much gassed after a couple of minutes. Uh, and Randy Orton, I long since stopped caring. This, you know, I, my only question, well, one of my questions would be, why did this have to last 12 minutes? <laughs> well, when something like Randy Orton is involved, then um, it's rare that they go for short, sharp, snappy matches. Um, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the match agent for this as well was Arn Anderson. And, uh, you know, Anderson is old school and, you know, he, he will book something that is a bit slower paced and tries to tell a story. But, you know, the only real achievement from this was, you know, sending people to sleep. Um, even though it was only 12 minutes, um, it felt like a long 12 minutes. And, uh, you know, yes, I, I know obviously there are those that are not keen on Jeff Hardy, but, uh, now, with the right opponent, he can still have an exciting match, whereas with Randy Orton, um, what watching him just feels more and more like a chore. Um, it, it really is hard work. And now when, when he spends a quarter of the match in a headlock, or chinlock rather, um, you know, it, it really does start to suck the life out of you. Or, Orton just has nothing to offer at this stage. And, you know, he's, I would say he's almost on a par with a Bray Wyatt. They're, they're mentioning him again. There's uh, somebody who, you know, you, you just have no interest in seeing. And for somebody that has achieved so much in the company, for a person that has had so many great matches over his career in the WWE as well, um, for him to be evoking this kind of um, apathetic response from the fans, this indifference, um, that, that really is not good. And uh, I think, again, the WWE needs to think about what they're doing with him as well um, because you know he's not really had much of a character makeover for the better part of 10 years. And um, you now he feels as stale as any performer in the whole company. And, um, you know, it's really high time that they do something different with him. And maybe he himself isn't really bothered. Maybe he thinks, right, I'm picking up my million dollars a year um, don't really care um, it's just a job I'll turn up pick up my money yeah, spend my 15 minutes doing my thing go home it looks that way it certainly does look that way doesn't it mm. yeah. yeah I mean we we had, we had Daniel Bryan in the ring as well in, in this in this event and um, Big Cass was I guess he was he was fairly limited before the injury, um, obviously he's, he's going to take a bit of time to get back into it. Um, I'm sure there's something there for them to work with and develop over time, but he's certainly not there yet. This was not great. Um, not, not, not a Daniel Bryan classic by any means. And, um, what happened after it, I, I guess in a way makes sense and certainly got heat on cast, but it, you know, I, I, I almost had that sense of dread that, oh, we're going to continue with this, you know, and, and they're going to keep pushing this, this whole little man thing. 
it's just we, we, how many times do we have to see this? Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that the plan was probably for Big Cass to actually win in this match. Um, but word is that um, he defied orders, um, so he had an angle with um, a short-statured uh, wrestler, a midget, um, on SmackDown a couple of weeks back, and he was only supposed to lay him out with a big boot, but he did more than that, which went against the script, and uh, apparently this was his punishment, as well as being kept off of SmackDown this week as well. Um, so he's only got himself to blame. In a way, I kind of wonder if between he and Enzo, they've got perhaps three brain cells between them, because the company clearly wants to do big things with Big Cass, but, um, you know, it was a simple instruction. Yeah, I think maybe I'd be inclined to, you know, give him given the benefit of the doubt on this occasion, you know, first occasion is to say maybe he got a bit carried away, you know, that, you know, you just come back from injury, opportunity, you know, to shine and all the rest of it. Maybe you just got a bit carried away. Um, yeah. <laughs> live well, TV well, the word and all is that. that um, he, he originally had that discussion with the agents and they said no. And then he went to Vince and you don't normally go to Vince for things like this, but he went to Vince and he said no and he still did it anyway. And I think oh, that's right. why okay. he was in. He, he yeah. Okay. So much yep. Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. it really wasn't clever. When, when no, Vince says no and you apply his orders, then, you know, that, that's not very, very smart. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. I mean, obviously, the afters after the match themselves would kind of indicate that there's there's more to come. But, yeah, he's it, got to be smarter. Uh, let's see what happens. And, and hopefully, you know, this is short-lived and Daniel Bryan can move on to, to the... Big hitters, um, again, no pun intended, and we can start seeing Daniel Bryan involved in some mouth-watering um, rivalries and some absolutely fantastic matches uh, because, you know, let's, let's not beat around the bush here. That's, that's what we want to see. You know, this guy is is just incredible. So we, we want to see him in the ring with the best around on, on a regular basis again. Um, next was the SmackDown Women's Championship Carmella defeating Charlotte in, um, I'm going to say it was a god awful match. And it on, totally understands Carmella keeping the title. And obviously they're not going to take it off her just yet. But more, uh, honestly, I, I, I hope that her title reign is not going to be long, is not going to be a long one. And on, in, to be quite frank, I don't think it can be because she's gone backwards, if anything. Yeah, yeah, this was just baffling. Um, um, bear in mind that the loser in this match is the individual that just a few weeks ago broke the streak, Asuka streak. <laughs> so it, it just evidences uh, the argument that many are making that you know the, the, the booking is terrible at this moment in time. Um, it's hard to argue when you look at something like this. Um, you know, Carmella... Obviously, had to cash it. Well, she didn't have to cash in the money in the bank, but uh, they decided that that's where they wanted to go with her. But um, you know, she, she is the Enzo of the SmackDown Women's Division. Um, just so poor um, in terms of in ring as a personality. Um, she, she's okay as a heel. Um, she's supposed to be irritating and annoying. Oh, so she's good at that then. Now. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's certainly yeah. good at that bit. Her shrieking and screaming really yeah. grates on me. She's got that down to a T, um, but um, when it comes to working a match, <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, she she has some work. Uh, in, in fact, I go so far as to say that a lot of the girls on the um, NXT roster were better than Charlotte, uh, than Carmella. Um, you know that, that's how poor she is, but. You know, she unfortunately dragged Charlotte down to her level and um, it was a very poor match. Um, no getting away from that. In fact, I'd argue it was worse than the uh, Raw Women's Championship match um, from earlier in the show. 
Yeah, um, so I, I would not definitely, good. definitely agree with that. It was uh, for me, it was quite, quite easily the worst match of the night. Mm. So yeah, but uh, I mean, where they go with this, um, who knows? Um, to an extent, who cares? Um, until they get the title off of her, I think fans won't really um, be invested in, in, the, in the women's division or the women's championship till they get it onto someone more deserving and we start seeing some better quality matches and feuds. But until then, um, you know, it, we'll have to suffer through it. Yeah. Now, what of the WWE Championship match? There's no disqualification match between AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura. I personally have liked the way that this feud between them has been building. I like the heel turn from Shinsuke. I like the way he's, he's he's getting across as a heel now, and he's the little nuances. It, I, I've been enjoying that, and I've got to say more. When he hit the low blow, I thought, "Here we are, we're going for a title change." And the title change on the low blow, it for me, it was like, "Okay, that totally makes sense storyline-wise with how this has been going." But yeah, that wasn't what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, with, with this, um, the the ending was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, let's get that out of the way. Yeah, um, it was such a cheap finish, and I really didn't understand how anyone could have sat there in the production meeting, or even in the booking meetings in Stanford, in the lead up to the show, came up with the idea of a double counter and thought, yeah, that's a great idea, especially when you've got a no DQ stipulation. Um, no, not no. well. I've got to say more. Not in that fashion. Not the way it was. It was so stupid and and, and silly. If for a double, for for in a no disqualification match, you've got the opportunity maybe for you know that they battered each other with with uh, in, you know with weapons, maybe chairs or whatever. Then it, you could have you could have got away with that. You know they'd hit they'd smashed each other so hard with weapons that you could you could actually get away with it but not in the way that they did it. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It was just um, very poorly thought out. Um, execution was not good. And um, it was made all the worse by the fact that uh, I thought up until that final 30 seconds of a minute it was building up to be their best match um, in the company thus far um, you know, it was really turning into a pretty good one um, and we were 20 odd minutes in and I thought okay they might be looking to go maybe half an hour and you know if they really go to town in those last you know 10 minutes um, it could turn out to be a heck of a match uh, but yet again we were deprived of that and uh you know, it, it just, again, does nothing for either character. And this is a theme now. You know, you go through the matches on this show, um, 
poor booking um, has only damaged um, the momentum um, pushes for individuals up and down the car thus far of the matches that we've covered. And uh, no, you can't even blame the writers for this because I, I would say that this is more the, what, the the people you call the producers or the agents, the guys that um, lay out the matches, you know, and, and they've got, the, as I said earlier, the likes of Ron Anderson and Michael P.S. Hayes and Jamie Noble and... Um, but who, who's booking? I mean, it's a SmackDown side, isn't it? So so who's in charge of the booking on the SmackDown side that says, OK, yeah, let's go for it. We go for a, a double crotch kick as a... No, as a, as a you know, as a no contest finish to a no DQ, no DQ match. I mean, who who signs that off? <laughs> well, the agent for this match was um, uh, Jamie Noble. Um, he was the guy who um, worked with Nakamura and Styles and laid the match out. Um, and sometimes they might have to kind of um, go through it with or get the approval from a. Uh, Somebody like um, uh, sometimes a Triple H or or even Vince. Um, I mean, Noble isn't the person that would have come up with the decision to go with a double count out. Um, so that decision would have been made um, by the writers um, and probably Vince ultimately. Um, but then in terms of the layout of the match, um, that would have been um, Gibson. Um, Sorry, uh, Jamie Noble even. And, um, so, I mean, he probably did the best as he could do, um, given that he knew that the, the match had to finish on a very unsavory note. Um, and that's why I think the match up until then, um, was pretty decent. It was just, uh, a horrible, horrible finish. And, um, yeah, I, I would suspect that ultimately came from the Vince. I, I think that he mm. may probably made the call. There's, there's been a lot of fingers being pointed towards Road Dog and you know his involvement with SmackDown. So um, you think maybe ultimately maybe not his decision on this one then? Um, no, no. Um, you know, a lot of times when you see um, some of the more strange and nonsensical um, match endings, I think Vince's fingerprints are all over them. Um, you know, I, I think if you look at, um, NXT, for example, where, you know, Vince is really not involved to any great extent, um, it's very, very, very rare to see, um, really lame finishes. Whereas, you know, on the WWE's, uh, main roster front, uh, we oh, do right. see them far more often. Yeah, and I'm I'm just, for some reason, when you're talking about that and Vince, it just took me back to, um, back to the 90s. You remember Puke? Oh, yeah, yeah. You remember that um, Beyond the Mat documentary and you saw him meeting him? He's gonna puke. Yeah, (laughs) and that's, that's his gimmick. He throws up after a match. Mm. He makes himself puke and like, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, it's, it, like you say, look, it, it's a real shame what was what was developing into a really good match, and 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 I thought you know it, it actually it made sense in the way that the it been scripted up to this point that if we'd seen the title switch at that point with a low blow, it would make perfect storyline sense. But you know to then end with a double crotch kick, like ah. Oh. They've, they've really got to, it's going to take something to turn this around and, and hopefully we can quickly move past that. Um, do you see the title switching over to Nakamura over the, the next month or two then or, or however long that they decide to uh, take, move this along? Yes, I mean, when Guy and I previewed the show last week, uh, now we were very uh, confident that we would see a title change here. Um, uh, I recall us both um, predicting that Nakamura would become the champion, and uh, no, it's it would have been the ideal way to keep the feud going, keep it interesting, keep it strong. Obviously, Nakamura is a heel. Um, there's interest and um, intrigue in the new direction he's going in, and um, 
what would be better to add spice to that than to um, have him become the new uh, WWE champion. Um, it might be that they've decided to hold fire and uh, defer it until um, you know the Money in the Bank pay per view, and perhaps have a title change there with a view of keeping the feud going until maybe SummerSlam, and maybe they want to stretch out until then. But um, you know it. it it was it was just disappointing all round because I thought it was a really good time opportunity um, to make a title change and with a new no DQ stipulation as well they could have come up with a clever finish which allowed them to have the title change whilst not um, but while still protecting AJ Styles and uh, you know, they forsake uh, that was forsaken for um, you know, this cheap finish and uh, you know, it was just a really Dumb, dumb decision, in my view. Yeah, uh, the cheap finish. That's that's the, probably the best way to describe it. Uh, next up was Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley beating Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, didn't take long. Not not great this for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn um, being presented as fodder for Braun Strowman. Effectively, I've got to say more. The only interest I I had during this match was the potential of seeing Bobby Lashley turn on Braun Strowman. Other than that, I just wanted this done, and I want Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to move on. Yeah, yeah, not quite. Um, when Guy and I previewed this last week, we thought that um, it could well be uh, a turn with Lashley turning on Strowman, um, but WWE swerved us, so instead we got Owens and Zayn um, turning on each other effectively, and... Uh, you know, Zayn cost Owens and, um, you know, the match was over. And yet again, um, disappointing match. And you know, for, for me, this is worrying because Kevin Owens, you know, looked like an amazing, amazing talent. One of the best two or three talents in the whole company as little as a year ago or 18 months ago. And since then, it's just been one disappointing match and program and feud. Um, you know, after another, and um, you know that that's just been what's surprising about all of this. Um, and um, this guy just pointed out in the chat, um, you know, Kevin Owens has just signed a five-year deal as well. So, you know, he, he's obviously around for the long term, and yet um, just you know, needs better booking. Dropped away. I think um, he just needs better booking because it's. I think the way he's being presented is not. It's, it's too much along. You know, as much as we enjoyed his his run with with Chris Jericho and it was entertaining, I think it's almost the scene and maybe too much along that comedy type, you know, buffoonery character. And I, I think we really need to see the the Kevin Owens that we saw in NXT <laughs> more of that type of a heel uh, and let him run on his own because I, I think like that he's just dynamite. Yeah, or even in his first, you know, full year in the WWE, you think back to when he debuted on the main roster, feuding with John Cena, having exceptional matches, really looking like um, a special talent, and uh, he's fallen away, and um, he looked just like an ordinary guy here, and uh, that was really disappointing, and I'm not sure how much time it will take to repair the damage, because I think there is quite a lot there. Um, you know, he, he gets a decent reaction, but not the kind of reactions he was getting maybe a year or two back. And, um, you know, we're now going to likely see, uh, Owens and Zane going at it again. And, you know, as good as they can be, we, we've seen that done to death and, uh, just have no interest in seeing Owens and Zane feuding again. But, uh, yeah, this was more, yet more bad booking and uh, really I felt none of the four came out of it looking strong it was just uh, dumb all round once more mm. so last match of the night Roman Reigns Samoa Joe um, certainly this has not been received too well I've got to say I, it might be the old school in me but I kind of liked the slow start to this you know just a Samoa Joe I kind of dominating and 
the the way that he the way that he was building it slowly throughout the, the, the early parts of the of the match, but maybe maybe that's just not right for for the main event of a show and it just I I mean of one thing, I mean really why is it the main event is you know, it's not a major title it's not a world title, it's not any kind of title, it's not for anything other than it's just two people having a match. So slightly odd that it was as the, the main event as well, but match quality wise, how did what did you think? Did it did it not live up to expectations or, or was it pretty much what you what you did expect? No, um when we previewed it last week we thought that it could well be match of the night and uh you know, Reigns, you know, when it comes to pay per view matches, um is normally exceptional. Um consistently very, very good at sending a good match and uh you know, Samoa Joe is a fantastic worker and uh so therefore expectations were really high that even without ties at stake, um they could still um assemble something really, really good. And it fell comfortably short of those expectations. Um it didn't really click and um I mean go back to one of your other points. Um having this ahead of um the WWE championship Arguably devalues the WWE Championship. You know the fact that it's just uh, on the undercard when it should always be um, the main event or semi-main event, and um, you know we we uh, didn't get that I think because they decided to go with that screwy finish. Um, but in terms of the match itself, um, clearly the fans rejected it. They coming up with all sorts of chants during the match and effectively shitting all over the match because they didn't want to see Roman Reigns out there. They're just absolutely fed up with the way that he's booked and portrayed. And, um, you know, it, it's, um, you know, disappointing. I mean, it's disrespectful to the guys out there. You know, they're trying to go out there and have a good match. But, you know, it's not a reaction to them. It's more a reaction to the way that the company decides to continually ignore its fan base. And, you know, we, we've got this battle of wills now between Vince and those in power uh, and the WWE universe, as they call it. And, um, you know, unfortunately for Roman Reigns, he is the um, individual that's stuck in the middle. And until the WWE... If, you know, decides to go in a different direction with him, um, you know, we'll probably see more of this. We'll probably see mm. more <clears throat> do you, do you reactions. Expect, do you expect that, that change to happen though, at all? I mean, cause I think we keep getting little subtle nuances here and there. Uh, maybe that's just Roman Reigns himself almost giving us hints that he'd like to, you know, go for that change of character. You know, I think as much as anything, maybe you know he wants to just get that monkey off his back and uh, and move on, so the crowd can move on, and then we can all start again. Uh, and then maybe one day he can organically become the babyface that that Vince really wants him to be. But but do you think that is going to be allowed to happen? Well, we thought about you know, the possibility of that happening with John Cena for years and years, and they never pull the trigger, and. Now, there have been so many occasions over the last three years when they could have gone in that direction and said, OK, let's turn him heel, and then maybe that will be the thing that can help him ultimately um, get the fans on his side and we can then turn him face again and it can be done in a more organic way. Um, but they just have this real reluctance to do that, and I think it's stubbornness. I can't think of any other reason other than them not wanting to give the fan base the satisfaction that they've been able to sway the direction that the company wants to go in when it comes to its chosen one. And that's what Roman Reigns is. And uh, we saw it with Cena. They refused to turn him heel. Um, and you know, they refused to do the same with uh, Reigns. And there's nothing that really suggests to me that they'll do it again. You know, the company's making money. Uh, huge amounts of money, record-breaking amounts of money. So there's no real incentive for them to give the fans what they want. Uh, I mean, ratings are not good at the moment. Um, 
and subscription numbers to the network are kind of up and down. But even then, um, you know, the, the, the money that the company's bringing in is at record levels, uh, despite all of that. So you know, they'll look at it and think, well, okay, fans are unhappy, but who cares? We're making more money than ever. So if it ain't broke, why fix it? Mm. Do, do you do you think that maybe uh, Reigns himself maybe at some point will put the pressure on you know to to ask can I can I do the change look can you turn me let let me do it let me have some fun um yeah I mean that, that's possible and it might be probable that he's actually asked that already but um, WWE um, is very image conscious and. Um, you know, they've invested a lot of time and money into um, him being almost like the face of the company in terms of full-timers, now that seen as effectively a part-time act. And, uh, you know, they have him go out and do a lot of things with charities and uh, other corporate uh, events and sponsors. And um, having that individual as this heel that, um, you know, it, Betrays himself in a certain way, perhaps doesn't sit well with um, its corporate image. So, as, as ludicrous as that sounds, you know, that's their thinking. I think so. Mm. Um, that's why I think it's unlikely that they'll turn him, even if he has already asked for that to happen. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see. We'll see what becomes all, over time. Um, it's uh, it's not good for Roman Reigns. That's, that's I think that's something in this as well that, that should always be remembered. Is you know Roman Reigns is the one yeah, at the uh, at the suffering end of the stick. Every you know the reactions he's getting, the abuse that he's getting, uh, and when you think that the effort the guy's putting in, the improvements he's made in the ring, on the microphone, some of the matches he's been having, some of the feuds he's been involved in, you know the the guy's putting a, a tremendous amount of work. But he can never really get the appreciation that perhaps he deserves because of the way that he's he's been presented, and that's not really his fault, is it? No, it's not. No, no. Um, and I feel I feel sorry for the guy um, because you know he has worked hard and um, he's turned into a really good worker, especially big matches. Um, you know, he um, delivers more often than not. Um, but the company, you know, just insists on keeping him as a baby face, even though the fans don't want it. And I dare say that he doesn't even want it. I think he'd happily turn the heel tomorrow if he was given the opportunity. And, uh, you know, really, uh, turn on the fans. I think there's a lot of genuine, uh, feeling towards certain sections of the fan base, but, uh, yeah, not happening anytime soon by the looks of it. So, so that was backlash anyway. Um, not a great event, but an, uh, but certainly one great match in there, and uh, it, it did ruffle some feathers. But before we before we go more, I know you you've got uh, a few bits of new bits of news that you'd like to share. Yeah, that's it. I mean, just in terms of other things that have been going on, a um, lot of talk about. Um, Hulk Hogan and uh, speculation that he is returning to the company imminently. Um, TMZ reported that he is close to agreeing a deal. Um, WWE put out something almost distancing themselves from that, but then um, at the same time didn't rule it out, interestingly. So, um, no smoke without fire. There's a lot of talk that both sides have been talking to each other about him returning. Um, he doesn't want to go out as um, you know, somebody that was fired from the WWE and due to uh, the whole storm over those leaked tapes. You know, he wants to go out in a different way and um, he probably thinks that he's got one more match. Um, you know, he's 16. Oh my word. Please, five, God, no. Yeah. God yeah. no, please. Yeah. Honestly, I'd rather see Ric Flair wrestle a broomstick. <coughs> uh, I, I have absolutely no interest in in Hulk Hogan ever getting back in the ring again. He was 
his matches were limited enough when you know he was in his prime. Um, absolutely no interest in seeing him in his mid to late sixties with um, multiple knee and hip um, replacements. Not to mention all the, the the baggage that he now carries for what he was caught on camera doing and saying. Mm. Um, I mean, you talked about corporate image with them, you know, reluctant to turn Roman Reign heel. Um, yet they'd be quite happy to bring Hulk Hogan back. Or, well, let's say quite happy, but they, they'd they'd consider bringing Hogan back. I mean, but that'd be slightly hypocritical of them when they're, they're quoting um, corporate values. Oh, absolutely would. Um, but, you know, that they talked to him regularly and um, they were together um, at an event um, only a few weeks ago and um, Triple H and Hogan were pictured together. So, um, you know, in other circumstances, um, they never have anything to do with him again. And I think that the way he was caught saying what he was saying, um, there is no excuse at, at all. There's no way of defending what he said. Um, and furthermore, um, I, I don't think anyone could realistically accept him saying, well, no, he, he said it in the heat of the moment because he didn't. Um, or that, uh, you know, he's, he's letting the error of his ways because, you know, he, he said these comments when he was, you know, it's one thing if you're like a 16 year old, 15 year old kid coming out with, um, you know, um, ignorant comments, but, you know, he's, um, you know, he was making these comments when he was well into his fifties. And, um, you know, it's fair to assume that, you know, he was saying what he really feels. And, you know, it's hard to think that when you're at that age that all of a sudden, after all this time, um, you're going to change, you know, your your thinking on these types of matters. So, you know, I, I wouldn't buy it for one second if he apologised and said he, you know, he does no longer hold these types of views. And um, I don't think um, many others would either. And I think the WWE would... And get a lot of backlash. I mean, you think back to Fabulous Moolah and, um, that battle royal at WrestleMania being named after her and fans through the backlash were able to, um, get the company to, uh, remove her name in association with that battle royal. So it'd only be much worse for the WWE if Hogan did officially come back. But, uh, you know, they, they, um, have brought back controversial figures in the past and, uh, you know, they might just do it again with Hogan. Mm, yeah, it might. Um, <clears throat> I, I guess we'll see. Um, some news on uh, Chris Jericho as well. Yeah, that's right. So um, Jericho, as we know, has been popping up um, here and there this year. Obviously, uh, had a great, great match against um, Kenny Omega at New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom at the start of the year. And then um, we've obviously seen him in the WWE. Uh, since then, uh, well, he was back in New Japan, um, just a few days ago, um, attacked, um, Tetsuya Naito, one of the, uh, top wrestlers in New Japan, um, jumped him, and he was standing at ringside, um, in a mask, and, uh, pretending to be a fan, and then, uh, jumped the rail, attacked him, and, uh, took the mask off after a bit of a struggle. And, um, revealed himself. So that looks to be his next feud. And, uh, you know, it looks like that would be a match possibly for Dominion, which is New Japan's next big show in June. Um, but yeah, that, that's what Jerry goes up to. So he's back in New Japan. And, um, you know, if his match with Omega is anything to go by, then, uh, he against Naito could be a really, really, really good match. So, uh, very much looking forward to that. Any final piece of news on the WWE UK shows more? Yeah, so WWE has decided that they want to take the WWE UK um, scene a bit more seriously. And just by total coincidence, um, it happens when ITV have decided to um, commission a 10-part um World of Sports series, which they're taping this weekend in Norwich. Um, so total coincidence that that's happened. 
Um, WWE uh, recently announced that um, they are taping a two-day King of the Ring tournament in uh, the Royal Albert Hall, and that's taking place um, next month in June. And they are talking about also um, coming out with more regular shows um, you know, in, in the UK, um, you know, likely TV tapings and possibly even some house shows um, to give their contracted talents uh, a few more shows to work on um, because they've got the likes of um, Pete Dunn and um, Tyler Bates and Trent Seven and um, two or three others under contract, but um, they very rarely work WWE shows. Um, you know, two, three or four of them do get to work um, NXT tapings, but uh, you know, in terms of WWE events, that's about it. Um, they are working, I believe, uh, the WWE shows here in the UK at the moment, but um, yeah, to a large extent, um, it hasn't really. Um, delivered in the way that people were expecting when it all kicked off nearly 18 months ago. But, yeah, I'm hopeful that after these tapings, uh, we do see them a bit more often and um, they get something going. And that has been taught for quite a while that they wanted to expand its uh, developmental system uh, by opening up a UK-based performance centre, just like the one they've got in Orlando. And if they do that, that would be a a great thing for the WWE because this country really is a hotbed for talent and um, you know that they can really uh, do some good things with that but um, for the time being they've got a couple of dates booked for the Royal Albert Hall and I believe those shows will be airing live on the WWE Network Oh, well, it's something to look forward to because last time they were over when we had the uh, that inaugural UK tournament it turned out to be a really really good event and obviously was the, was the birth of um of Pete Dunn, Tyler Bate really sort of taking um taking uh, taking the scene by storm i think it's fair to say you know it really grabbed the attention of a lot of people Pete Dunn. so uh, i think it's fair to say more that this this could be an opportunity for for somebody else from the uk to really make their mark and and get themselves uh, involved in the, that wwe scene oh yeah absolutely um you know, they uh, obviously featured a lot of um, new faces to the WWE audience with their original uh, couple of dates nearly 18 months ago in Blackpool and uh, likely to see a number of those faces again um, at these tapings at the Royal Albert Hall. Um, but then on top of that, you know, you might see um, three or four other faces as well. Um Zach Gibson is, is one of those names that's been mentioned. Um, Liverpool's number one, as he likes to call himself. So, um, yeah, no, definitely it should be an opportunity for uh, other up-and-comers uh, to really get the attention of the WWE. And if they do, then you know, they can earn themselves a nice contract to have it. So uh, all the best to all of those that do get that opportunity. So there you go, folks. Uh, something else to look forward to uh, uh, this summer. And, yeah, as we get more on that, we will, of course, uh, let, let you know about it here. So, But that's it uh, for this uh, edition of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. Um, thanks to more Chatter, and our thanks to uh, each and every one of you for, for listening in and uh, downloading the podcast. As always, we really do appreciate it. Uh, we're on Twitter at PWPW underscore index if you wish to keep in contact with us. Uh, but until then, till the ne- uh, till our next show, uh, I'm Andy Wales saying bye-bye now. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.